are listening to Booze, Bullshit, and True Crime. I'm Bree. And I'm Wade. And I think we're going to talk about some gnarly shit. Some gnarly snow shit. What are we going to talk about today? Ski resort murders. Say what? Ski resort murders. Yeah. What was the best part about working at a ski resort for you? Because we both have for multiple years, FYI. Working at a ski resort. Working at a ski resort and snowboarding because I work at a ski resort. So getting a free pass. Mm, just everything about working there. My answer was going to be the fact that I got a free pass and I got free booze. Yeah. Like I said, working at a ski resort. Both of those things. I literally also saw tourists multiple times wearing ski boots trying to fit their ski boot into a snowboarding binding. Yes, there is some entertainment people watching while I worked there, too. It really wasn't that bad of a job, though. No, it was my. It was actually technically like one of my first jobs, and it was one of the best jobs. It was one of my favorite jobs, because we, we both worked at the same ski resort. We worked at China Peak. It was Sierra Summit throughout some of that at the time as well. And when I started, I was in tech and rental, and snowboard and ski shop were separate, so I I worked the snowboard shop, got to play whatever music we wanted, we worked outside, it was chill as fuck, it was pretty cool. And I was an instructor, and after like my first month working there, I realized KidZone was where it was at. Fuck that. KidZone was badass. Fuck KidZone. Nah, KidZone was badass. Fuck kids. No thank you. I still got like a two hour lunch break, and I would go snowboarding for two hours and then come down and teach class for another four hours. While the parents fucked off and drank or skied. You're a glorified babysitter, motherfucker. In that case, at Kid Zone, yeah. But I still literally every single day had a job, especially on the weekends. And then I'd be able to snowboard for five hours out of my eight-hour shift. I did too, but I didn't have to babysit. Eh. <laughs> Not but that either job is that bad, but... You still had to ask Bruce to go... Fucking hit the mountain. I had to ask Bruce, quote unquote, yes, but the answer was always yes. See, I didn't have to ask anybody. I was already on the mountain. And to be fair, when I was working tech shop, I would either work the Wax Island, so it was like this little gazebo type thingy that they made out of wood that they put in the middle of everything, and people would just walk up to you and like have you wax their shit and then give you a tip for it. That was hella chill, because all I had to do was wax and scrape shit, and I'm a fucking hamster. I can... You're a hamster? <laughs> yeah, okay. when it comes to waxing boards, I'm just sitting there like... Fuh, 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 fuh. You know? Yeah? yeah? No, I don't know, because you've never waxed our snowboards. I've, I've waxed my you. snowboard. Never waxed mine. Well, that's because I only have my board when I'm walking into tech asking if I can wax my board in there. Rude. Your board's long. You're tall. Ooh. Ooh, that's what she said. That's literally what she just said. It is. And so it's what I usually say. This week I wanna do I want to I don't know how to say this. I don't either. I don't know what you're gonna say. Not necessarily I wanna commend you on the fact that you went 
very minimal on your notes. I did. You did two pieces of paper, double-sided, so four pages of notes. And the best part, too, is I'm like the sloppiest one. Her notes are ripped. They're all folded. <laughs> Literally ripped in pencil, half, by the way. Pen. You can <laughs> see through the paper. You can read through the paper. It's I your shitty-ass paper. It's your shitty-ass notes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Everybody says that I'm like the hyper-analytical one, and I go into all the details. So my notes aren't shitty, but proceed. I get to the point quick. Okay. I, I could talk so much shit right now, but okay. Why don't you talk shit? Because huh? <coughs> I'm tired and it's been a long day. It's barely 8.30. Today's our Monday. We drove all the way from home, all the way to where we're working, which is like three and a half hours away. Worked. I worked for like 11 and a half hours, not including a lunch break, so like 12 hours. Then we made dinner with our coworker, who's hella chill. And watched some oranges, the new black. And now we are here talking to a microphone for you guys. Hip, hip, hooray. Hooray. I'm kind of excited, though, because I love this theme. I got super excited about this theme. We just had our first, like, real legit snowfall in our area. So you know what that means, guys. You know what it means? Snowboard. It means we get to go motherfucking snowboarding. So we're excited. So that's why we did Ski Resort Crimes. Murders. Murders. Crimes. Mine's a murder. Is yours a murder? Mine's a murder. You Ski said Resort murders. murders. You said murders. I said crimes first. Oh, uh, all I heard was murders. So. I do have a little bit of Select background, though, as far as, like, ski resort crimes go. Oh, really? You want me to learn you? And you said that you didn't do Alta Sierra, right? I did do Alta Sierra. Well, we got four pages of notes for you guys. Though. Are you fucking kidding me right now? <laughs> yes, I'm kidding you. Okay, you better be kidding me. I told him that, like, seven times. I was she like, She didn't tell me that seven times. She told him it to me, like, twice, and then... When I was telling her my notes were somewhat done, and I already had my case, she kept telling me that she did all this here, and I'm like, I got it. I already finished. I don't want a repeat of occult murders, so. A cult or a cult? A cult. A cult. Okay. It still, to me, to this day, sounds like a cult murders. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. I'll take it to my grave. Are you ready for me to talk about some gnarly ski resort shit? Talk about some gnarly ski resort shit. I have some gnarly stories to say. Good. That's why Not we're here. Like murderous gnarly, but like oh. crash. Do you want to say that hurt first? People. Why? I don't know. You're just about to read your notes. No, tell your stories. I'm interested now. I wanna Why? Know. Don't you have stories? I do too, but go ahead. I mean, the all, the first one that's coming to mind is when I think I was like 14, maybe 15, and we took the Sierra Summit bus from the shop on Blackstone and Herndon up, oh, and yeah. it was like a fucking four-hour ride when they're driving a car if you're going like 30. When they actually like had hours. the sports shop up yeah. off of, okay, yeah. Yeah. So we took that long-ass bus ride. It was actually quite fun, to be completely honest with you. And uh, we got up there, and, I mean, by the time you get up there, it's already, like, 11 o'clock. So you don't ha you have quite a bit of time to snowboard and have fun. That's five hours. That's not very long. It's not. And... It's not, or it's not. It's it, it's, it's really, not. It's there's really no, no snot whatsoever. There's really no time. <laughs> but I had... A buddy of mine that 
was... Who's the buddy? Taylor McGrath. <laughs> okay. He actually was... He was decent at snowboarding, and he was really yeah. good at skateboarding. But this is also, like, his first time snowboarding in a really long time. And I wanted to go snowboarding, and I had been quite a bit that year, and I took the bus up. So right when I get off the bus, I'm like on the slopes, don't get out the slopes until I ride all the way to the bus stop right. at the last minute and, like, throw my snowboard in and barely get on the bus in time. Right. right, So I was pushing him, pushing him, and pushing him, and we got into park, and, you know, he had been going hard all morning because I was trying to get as many runs in as possible. So he saw some people going off the two big jumps right off the right mm-hmm. side when you get into park. When we say big jumps, we mean big Yeah, where you're getting, jumps. like... 20 feet of air, maybe, if you're good at it. Where if you shot wrong, you'd hit the chairlift. Exactly. you just launch. <laughs> he stopped at the very top of park. And when you hit those jumps, you don't really want to just start at the very top of park. You kind of want to get a run into them. So You, you just a... don't want to hit those jumps, but proceed. He launched himself. <laughs> I mean, this. there's two jumps, one after another. So it's kind of like a little double. You get a setup... Where you get some more speed, and then you get the second one a lot harder and get a lot more. This fool hit the first one and shot over the second one. (laughs) (laughs) He just straight up pointed nose down the hill and crunched down and just went for it. Oh, God. Launched himself. Did he land? No. He ate the most shit. (laughs) The most shit. His jacket flew off. (laughs) (laughs) Like, this fool hit the ground so hard. But the best part about this story is is he had one of those old beanies that had the, like, long dreads on them. Dreads? Yeah, you remember those beanies that had, like, the blue oh, and Oh, all the, like, crazy hair out of yeah. it? Yeah. He had one of those on, so when he was going down, it was, like, flailing <laughs> his hair. And then when he went up in the air... You brought up the McGrath, so I have to say the story. It was hilarious when he hit so hard, and he scorpion hit the back of his head. Ooh. He was, like, concussed, and when I got down to him, all he said was, like, did you see how much air I got <laughs> And I was like, yeah, your stuff is, like, 30 yards away from you in all directions. You motherfucking yard sailed it. Oh, hard, and it was, it was hilarious. And then the one time where this was... After I broke my collarbone when I was up there, I had, I don't remember where I was. Oh, I was coming down Easy Street, and I was kind of taking it slow, but I cut through Park again, down Oldman's. Oldman's? Oldman's? Thank you. There you go. (laughs) And I cut through Park, and I was going down the catwalk, and I was coming down the steep embankment right underneath Chair 4, cutting into the catwalk. And this little girl was coming down Academy, and right where it was into the point, she was, like, coming in my direction, and I was already, like, trying to turn out of her way. You better have ate shit. No. (laughs) We kind of, like, she came right in front of me, and we had, like, maybe two inches in between us. But she kept turning into me, and there's no way, like, I would be able to put as much pressure as I needed to on my back edge to get out of her way to miss her. So I literally I yelled at her dad. I was like, I'll place her at the bottom of the catwalk. <laughs> <laughs> and I just picked her up and booked it down the catwalk. And this little girl was like... Screaming, she was, no. you're a strange man who doesn't know who the 
fuck you are. <laughs> no, she wasn't screaming. I, she was screaming at first. <laughs> but it was but like, then she got used to it. No. No, she was screaming. She was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so her dad just waved at me, and I'm like, all right, cool. So I just booked it, and I was like, on your right. She goes, right, right, right. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it, that was, yeah. Those two are my most memorable stories. But also, this was a, the same situation. I actually had to beef it because there's no way I would be able to pick that little girl up or move her out of the way. That's when you beefed it. And that's it. when I beefed it and yeah. broke my collarbone. Yeah. Or separated my AC joint. I have fucked myself up because I'm <coughs> trying to avoid some little small child that has cut in front of me yeah. and I'm going way too fast. <laughs> it's my fault for going way too fast. And I was in a lesson teaching them and telling them not to go way too fast. But I had to wait for the last person, and she was way too scared to go down parks, like sleep, or sleep. <laughs> steep slope to get onto the catwalk. There you go. So I was trying to talk her into it, and when I finally talked her into it, I was like, shit, all the other guys are like way too far ahead of me, and Jennifer's at the bottom of the hill, and I'm going to get in shit ton of trouble. Jennifer Gray? Yeah, because I'm yeah. way too far behind my guys, and I'm not in control of them. Welcome to the life of an instructor. So I sent her down, and she was booking it, and I was like, fuck it, I'm going to catch up. I'll be able to catch up to him and went screaming down the hill and crashed and broke my collarbone. And then I had to get back up and snowboard out because Jennifer Gray was still at the bottom of the hill and my students were still going down the hill. Jennifer Gray will always be at the bottom of the hill. Oh, yeah. Cause, that girl yeah. is white motherfucking lightning. Oh, that was a very interesting day. I finished my lessons and I turned around and I started walking towards medical. <laughs> and that's when I stopped, and I was like, you know what, medical's going to say I'm fucked, so I'm just going to go get a beer really quick, and that beer turned into three shots and four beers, and then I went to medical, because after the fourth beer, I was like, this really fucking hurts, and now I'm drunk, and stoned, and I keep trying to use my And now you have to right hobble <laughs> all the way over there, which no, is halfway I kept trying to grab that. my beer with my right arm, and it was my right shoulder that was fucked up. Oh my god. Is like, that the one that's all broken and crazy and healed weird? Yeah. His shoulder literally looks like a pyramid. <coughs> you look at it, and it's like a straight, like, triangle on top of his shoulder, and you're like, that? That little eight-year-old, it she better be happy. I sacrificed the cosmetic It's not her fault shoulder. that you were going way too fucking fast. I wasn't going area. way too fast. If you broke yourself that bad, yes, hmm? you were. No, I wasn't. Yes, you were. Anyways. I guess my best stories, like, I don't really have a whole, whole lot from working up there, because to be honest, it was pretty awesome, and I didn't have very many problems, but I started skiing when I was three, and my dad obviously was the one that was taking me up there, teaching me how to ski, so I was so itty-bitty little teeny tiny that when the chairlift would come up, I was too short to, like, actually sit my little butt on the chairlift, so my dad would pick me up, set me on the chairlift, We'd ride our little happy asses all the way up to the top of the chairlift. And then he would pick me up under the arms and, like, ski off with me until he had, like, you know, slowed down and then just kind of let me off and let me go. And then we have something at the ski resort we always go to. Stop riding and fucking goddamn it. He just writes fuck in this fucking well, blanket. Let me finish what I was writing. Fuck me. I'll do that later. Hold on. All right. So... At the resort that we always ride at, there's something called the catwalk. So it's basically like a hella steep hill going into a super, super flat area until you get... Stop it! Until you get to the end 
um, where the lodge is. So what everybody does is they get, you know, hella speed all the way down so they can carry themselves through that flat little area. So me being a little kid, I couldn't really, you know, get the speed or go as long as I needed to. So I would head down ahead of my dad. My dad would wait for me for like a minute or two. Then he would bomb down the hill. And he would catch me. So basically, like, I'd be ready for it. And I'd be sitting there skiing, like, losing speed, not really being able to go. And then my dad would come up behind me going a million miles an hour and, like, catch me, essentially, between both of his legs. So he had enough speed to, like, get me to a point where he could push me off of him. And then I could get down to the lodge and not have to, like, rip my skis off or skate it. So... That is a very fond memory for me because I hope I get to do that with my kids when they're small. Don't let me do it. No, I'm going to do it. Yeah. You have too much weight on you. Yeah. You're just going to kill them. I'll just pick them up. <laughs> it is love date. <laughs> and I'm trying to think. I know when Tim Cohey took over, there was over China Peak, that resort we were at, there was like the quote-unquote Cohey curse. So every year after he had taken over, there were people that were found like dead in... Uh, tree wells which is the area where like the tree drips down so there's like an open area around the snow because of the water dripping off and people would always be like hella drunk or whatever and crash into trees and suffocate in tree wells so that happened for like three or four seasons after he took over but as far as like having somebody really beef it and hurt themselves or create an issue everybody I rode with was pretty smart and everybody pretty yeah. much did pretty good I mean yeah for the most part. We also have a small mountain. Though. We have a very small mountain. So, I mean, you saw the difference when we went up to Mammoth. Yeah. I was so overwhelmed. Holy mm -hmm. shit. But there's so much acreage there. that Everybody's going opposite, you know, different directions. Up at our mountain, it's so small. It's pretty much one-way traffic, and everybody's got to get along with everybody to be able to have fun, so like highway 41 all right we're almost at 20 minutes and we haven't talked about our shit so let's do that shit shit all i know is that i need some like emodium for my shit because it ain't right now everyone knows you're constipated so good job no emodium's the opposite of constipation oh Emodium's it helps you with diarrhea. diarrhea so you have there too you much go. poop so exactly. everybody knows you have too much poop i'm full of shit <laughs> that's what i was kind of getting at there he is full of shit but um, bum and analyze everything. Uh, and analyze everything. And analyze. And <laughs> <laughs> analyze. You analyze it. All right, let me talk. You've been talking for twenty minutes. Let me talk about actual shit that our podcast is about. So I did do background this week. Fun. It is fun, motherfucker. Um, so ski resorts are fun. They're a good time, right? <laughs> They are a good time. Especially when we have alcohol. Oh, my God. Yeah, That's we, what I was going to get to. Let me motherfucking talk. You're up there to do one of the most freeing things in the entire world. Drink alcohol. Merga. No. Flying down a mountain that's snow-covered. Fucking with no vines besides what you're strapped to on your feet. It's pretty freeing, I must say. There inevitably is a plethora of booze, pot, cocaine, and if you rolled with my friends when I was young and crazy... Masculine. Hallucinogenics. Yes. <laughs> but who am I kidding? I'm still young and crazy. Um, this poses an issue, though, 
Extremely intoxicated individuals on the mountain riding can be a huge problem, obviously. Take the example of... What does that say? <laughs> of... That's not right. Okay. The ski resort Mountain Village. My bad. Sorry, guys. They arrested an unnamed man in 2009 for riding under the influence of alcohol, and he was actually given a DUI. It can happen. I was surprised by this. This is a rarely enforced and I think little known law, but it does still exist. It's the same law that gave my old man a DUI for riding a bicycle blackout drunk home from a Jethro Toll concert in Fresno back in the 80s. This motherfucker straight up <laughs> called her dad and was like, hey, when you got that DUI on your bike, what concert were you driving home from? He was like, oh my God. What concert was that? I wanted I'm over to there get the facts right. And I'm over there driving the car like, wait. You straight up got a DUI on a bicycle? I told you that story. <laughs> Coming home from a Jethro Toll concert? You I was knew like, that story. Jethro Toll was that serious? Uh, like, damn, that's, that's some party <laughs> shit right there. <laughs> it didn't matter what the concert was. My dad was going to party. And he told me, too. He was like, I got to like our friend's house or whoever we went with at the concert. And he was like, I knew like right when I got to the house. I was like, I'm not going to be able to drive. So, you know, the person that owned the apartment that he had left his car at was like oh like i have this bicycle like don't drive home leave your car in the driveway no big deal ride the bicycle home come pick your shit up tomorrow so he's like all right cool so my dad's riding down the sidewalk in fresno runs into a parked car mm. fucks that shit up and of course with his luck it's the fucking kaufman luck i have it too there's a patrol officer just happening to drive down that road and sees my shit-faced drunk dad run into a car with his bicycle gives him a dui so that happened all right i digress um just told blah, 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 blah. uh Let's see. So the guy that was actually arrested for DUI while he was skiing, he blew a whopping .33. The article that I pulled all this information from was stating that you shouldn't be able to walk or stand at a .40. So this guy was fucking smashed. He was drunk. Um, another real threat and danger while out on the slopes for skiers and riders is using intense speed and losing control, which I know I've been in a few situations where I'm fucking hauling ass. I go to stop. I have no traction. It is scary. You can get going really fucking fast on skis or a snowboard. Not only is the impact force and speed super dangerous, but you um, also have a hunk of material with metal sharpened edges that's strapped to your feet so that's a thing too so another example of this is going to be a 21 year old skier in the spring of 1997 at Vale mountain ski resort a jury of seven men and five women all of whom actively skied or snowboarded at the time convicted the man of criminally negligent homicide and this guy, he was an award-winning downhill ski racer, so he was reaching crazy speeds when he lost control, and his skis actually struck the person that he hit and made 
a huge gnarly gash on the person he hit so it wasn't even just the impact and force but it was also that dude's head getting fucking cut open because the guy's edges just sliced his head open it wasn't his head but yeah it was his neck okay well yeah. close enough is that the story you did hmm? is that the story you did no i just remember that story Yes. Because that was in, like, the early 2000s. Yeah, I'd fuck that dude up. He mm -hmm. died very quick. I think it was the blood he loss blood that out. kills him. Yeah. yeah, or killed him. But Plus higher elevations, your blood's thinner, blah, 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 yeah. You get drunk faster, too. Yes, because your blood's thinner. Exactly. So you'd bleed out faster if your blood's thinner. In high school, we had those blood drives or whatever, you know, at the school. <coughs> and yeah. me and my friends would give blood and then immediately go get shit-faced drunk because we knew we would get drunk a hell of a lot faster because we had less blood. Why am I trash? I don't know. You're just giving me shit about stuff, and I'm sitting over here like, how the fuck were you <laughs> able to judge me on that, you not finishing? I'm a bitch. I know it. <laughs> but they convicted this 21-year-old kid who I know wasn't, like, they tested him, and he wasn't intoxicated when it happened. He was just going way too fast. He lost control, and unfortunately, somebody died because of it. So it does happen. Um, with all these factors going on, ski slopes can turn out to be rather dangerous if you end up in the wrong place at the wrong time. But ski resorts can also be the perfect place for murder. Murder. Mm -hmm. They are generally always set in somewhat isolated areas among, you know, the mountaintops, usually in national forest land area, generally speaking. There's a lot of places to hide a body and a lot of snow to cover them up in. Just saying. I'm going to tell my story first. Oh. Yeah. Good. You went first last week. Good. 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 Get it Fucking done. good. I'll get it. Done. <laughs> this week I am doing the murder of Carl Woolwine. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. The Alta Sierra Ski Resort murder is kind of how it's more formally known. This case takes place at the Alta Sierra Ski Resort. The resort was formerly known as Shirley Meadow Ski Resort, and it's located in Wafford Heights, California, which I have no idea where that is, and I live in California. I don't know where it is either. Wafford Heights. I've heard of Alta Sierra Ski Resort, though. I've heard of, oh, it's over here by Grass Valley. Alta Sierra's over by Grass Valley. Oh, that's why I've seen that on maps and mm -hmm. shit. Okay, so it's not a crazy distance from where we live. I don't know about Wolford Heights, California. I'm not sure. But Alta Sierra is a town near. I'm sure it's adjacent. Sure. Should have definitely done that research beforehand, but it's in California. It's called Alta Sierra. Mm -hmm. 50-year-old Carl Woolwine was found uh, buried in a shallow grave on the ski resort property. So, like, literally on... The resort property. They found him in, in a grave, and he was not buried, buried very deeply at all. He was not hidden. The story starts on October thirteenth, twenty fifteen. So it's a relatively new story. Fifty-year-old Carl. Oh, I'm gonna read the same sentence over again. He was found buried in a shallow grave. You guys know that already. I'm gonna proceed. Woolwine worked weekends at the resort in the maintenance department for some extra cash, so he had his normal you know, job during the week, and then he worked up there on the weekends just to make some extra money. After examining the body, the cause of death was determined to be a single gunshot wound to the head. That'll do it. 
After his body was found, detectives immediately started questioning other employees at the resort, obviously, and they conducted a full investigation. It was revealed that three days previously from them finding the body, on October 3rd, Woolwine had supposedly made a comment to a fellow employee, and her name was Joan Noble. He told the young girl that he enjoyed watching her work. So, creepy, yes. Does he deserve to die? No. So, obviously, Joan found that super creepy. It weirded her out. 50-year-old dude telling you that they fucking like to watch you work. Not fun. So, Noble told her boyfriend about the incident. Boyfriend's name is Thomas Ertz, and he also worked as... <laughs> what? Ertz me. Oh, my God. Sorry, go ahead. All right. Goddamn Ertz. Ertz? I thought you were going to make a fart joke, so... Thomas Ertz? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can make fun of him. He's an asshole. Oh. Okay, good. <laughs> okay. Told her boyfriend, Thomas Farts. <laughs> Um, he also worked at the ski resort in the maintenance department as well, so the same department that the dude that made the creepy comment worked in. Um, later that same day, the maintenance department supervisor, his name was Bob, or is, Bobby fucking Rines, there you go, Ertz, the boyfriend, and Woolwine all took a ride together over to a shop building at the resort. So, the boyfriend... The boyfriend supervisor and Woolwine all took a ride over to this shop area because something needed to be done in the shop. Shortly after heading over to the uh, shop building on the resort property, though, Noble claimed she heard a gunshot. So the girl who had the creepy comment made to her was in a different part of the resort. <laughs> the different part of the resort. Different part of the resort, and she heard a single gunshot go off. She also witnessed Rhines and Ertz returning from the shop without wool wine. So, you can kind of make your assumption from there. While under interrogation, Rhines confessed to killing wool wine, but insisted it was just um, all an accident. He said, quote, I initially thought, but I didn't mean, er, no. I initially thought I didn't shoot him. I didn't mean to shoot him. I meant only to fire a round over Woolwine's head. So basically what he was saying is he was just trying to scare him. He didn't mean to shoot him in the noggin. During the trial, though, Ryan's attorney claimed Ertz was indeed the shooter and that Ryan's initially took the blame to protect Ertz, who was like a son to him, which I don't care how fucking close I am to you, I'm not going to confess to a murder that you did. Well... I know that I'm throwing you under the bus whenever you do something bad. That is good to know. You just because told me the same. Who are they gonna believe? Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. It's real. I'll just make a better story. Mm-hmm, sure. No, seriously. If somebody killed somebody, I'm gonna tell police that they killed somebody. I'm not gonna cover up for that shit. I didn't do anything wrong. Plea the fifth. All right, that's just me, though. Um, okay, so he was basically saying, like, I was trying to protect Ertz because, like, Rhines, he was an older guy, and Ertz was younger, like Joan was. So it was kind of like a father-son type relationship, Delio, they had going on. So he initially confessed to it, and he was like, whoa, 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 like, I didn't do it. That wasn't me. I was just trying to cover up for him. Which, 
I don't know how much I believe that, but I don't understand why this guy would kill Woolwine, because, like, he didn't do anything to Woolwine. None of this story makes sense. Anyways, this theory, it... I, I mean, I don't know. It could make sense to me. Um, what? Like, I understand what he's saying, but you're confessing to murder. That just seems like a little bit much. After Woolwine was shot, it is agreed upon, though, that Rhines was the one who used the resort's backhoe to dig a hole for the body. That really hurts me. (laughs) (laughs) That's ballsy as fuck, though, really think about that. This is during business hours. Yeah, it's pretty ballsy. It's very ballsy. Um, Ertz and Noble assisted Rhines in burying Woolwine's body on the property. So all of them were at least involved in burying the actual body. Again, I don't understand, but okay. I thought Noble was going to call the cops. She should have. Mm-hmm. I mean, if she would have, she would have been completely fine, which she was <coughs> pretty much completely fine, but I'll get to it. Although Ryan's claim to have been, or to have not been the one to actually pull the trigger, the jury called bullshit on that, which I don't really blame. They sentenced him to 14 years in prison for the murder of Carl Woolwine. Ertz and Noble received probation in January 2016 after pleading no contest to acting as accessories after the fact. Moral of the story, old men are creepy, and the pussy is never so good that you kill. I'd kill for you. Well, thanks, babe. But I don't think it would be just because my pussy is good. It's good enough reason for me. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Anyways, that was... That's my story. Isn't it crazy? Yeah. He used the fucking backhoe for the ski resort to dig the hole for the body. That was the part where I was like, whoa. I would have. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying it's dumb, but it's ballsy. Kind of thinks you got to work smart, not hard. I guess. Okay. Oh, this is the one I wanted to do. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. So, she really wanted to do the ski wing murders. Yes. This happened in 1978 in New York. Cata... County. Cataragus County. Holy shit, that was really hard. Okay. Albany, New York. Okay, that's easier to say. Yeah. And this happened in February of 1978. And it... Uh, hold on. <coughs> We're still getting over yeah. being sick, so apologies. So, Skywing was actually, it's, it was more well known as Skywing, but it was really Wing Hollow Ski Resort, and uh, this was part of like you know it was February, so it was kind of when all the snow was coming down, so it was their busiest time because you just had Christmas and all that stuff, so vacation times and shit. So most of the snow comes down in January, but yeah. January and December and February and New York. All the East winter coast. months, snow happens. It's it's the thing. East coast, East coast. Oh, true. Most I don't know time, what that's like. Most of the time they get snow fucking in April. Oh, I love that. Easter. Okay. Yeah. So it was a uh, a normal but very like cold night on the resort, and temperatures actually dropped as low as nine degrees. And I was doing the research, but I was also looking up the weather for work this week, and I used this new app called, uh, fuck. 
accurate. Weather, no, weather underground. And you can type in, like, dates and areas and shit. So I typed in this <laughs> date and this <laughs> ski uh, resort. Oh, okay. And it said, like, it was, like, negative nine degrees. Ooh. Yeah, so it was, like, it was cold as fuck. Cold as fuck. Yeah, so there's two uh, ski, like, trail groomers, the guys that drive the cats and, like, groom the slopes and, like, compact them and stuff and make them all nice. One was Michael. He was 29. And the other kid was Steven. He was 30. So Michael was actually from Olean, which was a couple towns. Oh, they were like J1s. No, 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 no. He was actually from New York. Uh, Michael was from New York. He was like a couple counties from uh, Olean. And then Steven, who was 30, was a, a right. J1, like a Cuba. He was like a, what do you want to call it? Or what do I call it? Like a foreign. He was here to work it. on a visa. I, like and at the certain s- ski resorts actually would like have relationships with other ski resorts in a certain way, and they would be able to you know request you know I want five of your employees come work in America with ours, and you know we have housing, and this is our pay and stuff like that. So I don't know exactly it. how it works, but yeah, we would always have what country were the J ones always from Brazil. We would always have Brazilian people. Working at China Peak, and all of them were so sweet and so nice. Yeah, they're awesome. They're and awesome. And they fucking worked their ass off. Yes, they did. And one of the kids, actually, that I worked and with... And they could handle their motherfucking liquor. Yeah. And one of the kids that I actually worked with, his dad was really big in, like, agricultural oil or something. He literally had a two-story home, and in the winter time there, it would snow so much that he could make his own ramp from his bedroom window out into a ski park on his property. I believe it. And they had, I mean, he, he came from a shit ton of money, like all this stuff. I was believe nice. it. It was great. Anyways, they were uh, trail groomers. <laughs> and they were, <laughs> they were working the night shift. At uh, some point during their shift, one of the machines broke down. So between midnight and 1 a.m. on the 6th, the, the two guys actually left to go to the... Chalet. Chalet. I have to say the next sentence, that, like, though. Unfortunately, they showed up at the wrong time. Well, you didn't let me finish. They showed up to the chalet. Whatever. Yeah, to warm up or grab tools, so they're going there for some fucking reason. Well, you know what the next sentence And the chalet is. really isn't, like, it's like an office. It's not, like, the lodge or anything it like that. It sounds really fancy, it though. It does, but it's not really fancy. And, unfortunately, they showed up at the wrong time. <laughs> So Michael was the oldest of three brothers, and he was—he was a pretty big guy. He was well built, and he well built. Yeah, <laughs> big built. Big. He was a nice looking man. I don't know how to say it? He was. He was a very <laughs> handsome looking guy. And he had a great smile, <laughs> and he actually had a degree in chemistry. And he was a, at one point a public school teacher for like several years. Fuck that. And he just did not like it at all, and I he became a bricklayer. But all the like. Every year during wintertime, he worked at the ski resort. Sounds and that like was, like, did. his thing. Because he was only, like, a couple counties away. So it was, like, me working at trying to be. Got to have some fun, get a free pass, make some yeah. money. So a couple weeks before the murders, uh, Michael actually had came across the break-in at the ski resort. And he it was just, like, a couple teenagers in there fucking around. So he... Pretty much the idea was that when he saw there's another breaking at the resort, that he thought that they're teenagers and that he just ran in there thinking he was going to scare them off again. 
But instead, he actually came across armed burglars. I didn't read that part when I was researching this story. Yeah, so... Because I almost did this one. Yeah, so the burglars were in there trying to remove a safe from a concrete floor of the manager's office. Not an easy feat. No, 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 no. So, Michael and Stephen actually walked in on the crime in progress, and the burglar shot Stephen and Michael three times, each in the back of the head, executed mm. them. So, they caught them first, lined them up, and then shot, shot both of them. Yeah. And after the double murders, the killers only hauled away $18,000 in cash. Not enough. I mean, nothing but, is enough, but... Just wait. The murder, uh, the men, Stephen and Michael were discovered at 3 a.m. by the janitor who walked in on the murder scene. His name was Donald. And he was supposed to be to work at midnight. And remember, (gasps) this happened between 1 a.m. or midnight and 1 a.m. Oh, no. I mean, good for him. Yes, but also a little suspicious, right? So he just, he said that he accidentally overslept. I don't think that's that suspicious, but okay. No, and this did prevent him from becoming the third victim because Donald actually was never suspected by police to be, you know, a, or <laughs> Donald was never suspect by police. Suspected? And, thank you, by police. Well, good and, for Donald. But police did think that it was an inside job. Oof. Yeah. That's so scary. Exactly. And $18,000 is not, I mean, again, nothing no, is ever really enough, wasn't. but $18,000. It's really not. On a month after the crime, police actually found and weighed the safe at 175 pounds. But where did they find the safe? They found it on the river. Creepy as fuck. Near a bridge that was several miles from Skywing. I don't know why that was so creepy to me, but Mm -hmm. reading that, just the fact that months after somebody just dumped it, like, not far away from the resort. It's like, it's been sitting in the general area. And the thing was, is these guys, they didn't crack the safe. Actually, cut a hole out in the side of the safe. Yeah. So there had to been multiple. If this safe was 175 pounds, it was literally like they dug it out of the. How ground. did they get it into a vehicle? Is they, my question. But also, they had to have prior knowledge because they, you know, they came in with the intent to kill any witnesses if there was any, as well as all the tools necessary, like saws, drills. And they weren't expecting somebody to walk in because generally speaking, unless something happened like them wanting to take a break or needing tools to fix the cat that had broken down that night, nobody would have been in there. And whoever was breaking in knew that. Yep. Yeah, big time. Yeah. So people like in the communities around it still actually talk about the murders. I would. And they are the most notorious crimes ever to take place in this area. Dun, rumors dun, about dun. the uh, rumors about the murders and who was behind them still sweep the communities and this has been decades. This case is still unsolved. And there was two investigators that really came out in the research and I didn't really write I mean I was gonna write their names down. One but you them, didn't but I didn't. One, <laughs> of their, one of the guys last name was Stroffer. Okay. Or Strofer. And he actually was on scene the morning that the bodies were discovered, and he was young in his career. Okay. He actually followed his career, and it, like, frustrated him for over 50 years. He and he followed still, his career? <laughs> he followed this case okay. during his career. And it actually frustrated him because he really wanted to figure out who it was. I would, too. Yeah. Because these guys, I mean, it's been, what, over 40 years now, right? Yeah. 
It's how many decades? Four decades? It's a long time. It's a long motherfucking yeah. time. And state police, they'll actually take tips and they pursue these tips. Man. Yeah. That's a trip. Still to this day. Crazy. That whole case is a fucking trip. Yeah, and I mean, the only piece of evidence that they had was a footprint in the snow. That's it. That was all of it. Man. They had nothing else. And just like me personally working at a ski resort, I never did overnights, but I worked there quite a bit. Just the fact that you're at work doing what you do, you're in the middle of nowhere anyways, but like nothing bad ever happened to me at that ski resort that I didn't do to myself. So the the fact that they walked in and just got, that's, that's so unfortunate. It really was. And like the, the ski resort closed a few years later for financial problems. Huh. Yeah, so it was kind of like... Weird. That's why I only got 18 grand. Yeah. But they also had to have known that there's that going to be that much money in that safe at that time. It's not even that much money. No, it's really not. But, I mean, we don't have $18,000. No, we don't. But I wouldn't kill somebody or two people for $18,000. I wouldn't I, execute two people. I wouldn't kill anyone for any amount of money, to be fair. I just don't think it's worth it. Money's stupid. He's looking over here like he's considering things. <laughs> I mean, we do have a life insurance policy on it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, half of that goes to my dad, so you're not going to get that out of a payout. Your dad and you die at the same time. <laughs> oh! <laughs> All right. Do the motherfucking thing. Follow us on the Instagram and the Twitter. Booze, bullshit, and true crime on Instagram and Twitter. Also, we do have an email. And we want us to send you your personal stories. Be our friends, please. Please be our friends. Say hi. We need paranormal. We need true crime from your area. We need weird shit that's happened. Email me a story you want me to tell on air. Booze, BS, and true crime at gmail.com. That's booze, BS, and A-N-D, true crime at gmail.com. What do you want to say?